0: MS sucks. I know. I've lived with it since 1998, and man, it's been one hell of a roller coaster. When people ask, how are you doing? I say, fine. Great. Really? Most of the time, it's a lie, because we're programmed to hide our struggles. I'm not a doctor or a researcher. I'm just a normal guy talking from experience. And let me tell you, Sharing those experiences with other people living with MS has made my life a hundred times better. So get ready for a belly-up-to-the-bar, honest conversation with real people who at first hesitate to tell the truth about life with MS, but eventually let it all hang out. I'm your host, Jim Fairchild. How you really doing? Energy, energy, energy. It's something we all want and something Andrea Kofed has a lot of. And she gets to use it in a way that fits her personality perfectly as the walk MS manager for the Oregon chapter of the MS Society. From part one of this interview, we know that Andrea doesn't have MS, but she does have a passion for helping people with MS. And she does it in a way that I truly appreciate. She gets to know a person's MS symptoms and their diagnosis story. But overall, she's all about getting to know the person. Not just the person with MS, which I love because that's what we all want. The people behind the MS is what we are all striving for, right? I love that. And it exemplifies who Andrea is because she is a people person through and through. In this part of our interview, we dig more into another passion of hers, Walk MS. Also in part one, if you didn't listen, Andrea took over my podcast and is interviewing me. So I get a chance to explain why I walk and what I get out of it, which is a lot. You know, the walk is a tradition in our house, something I look forward to every year, and a time when I get filled up so much with the support of all the family and friends that join me in this journey. You know, I had a heck of a time getting my first walk. It took me about eight years after I was diagnosed to get there because it's intimidating. You know, it freaked me out to face reality. But what I learned is that the reward is so worth the risk. The reward is finding out that you're not alone in this MS journey, that there are so many people out there like you that have to deal with the same issues every day. So the reward of putting yourself out there to opening up to the possibilities of meeting new people can be life-changing. I mean, geez, it has been for me. I couldn't get myself to attend the walk when my legs did work, and I could walk, but now I don't miss it when my legs aren't able to carry me like they used to. Funny how the world works, isn't it? You know, and Andrea Kofed is funny as well. Such a great sense of humor. Such a zest for life. At the end of part one, we were discussing how talking with others is an important part of healing, right? And how now I am willing to tell embarrassing stories about myself that I never would have told before. Like when I had a guy friend over to my house and he left the seat up when he went to the bathroom, right? Like guys do. But I haven't literally stood up to pee in years. So when I went into the bathroom after him, I fell directly into the toilet. Luckily, this guy was my personal trainer, and so the joke was that because he'd been working my arms out that I was able to get myself out of the toilet pretty quickly. But still funny, and still a story that I would not have uttered to my closest friends in the early years of MS. But you know, now I have some fun with it. I enjoy it. I enjoy being sarcastic about my situations. Because it helps me deal and it helps me heal, you know? So now, we'll take off from there. So enjoy part two of the interview with Andrea Kofed.
1: So I, what I thought was interesting that you are sharing things um, and, and that helps you kind of move forward. But as I was reading your podcast and there were some things that, I mean, maybe they sounded taboo or maybe they sounded that they would be embarrassing to, you know, tell somebody um like, when you fell into the toilet. Like, I thought yeah. it was hilarious. But right. the fact that you addressed it made me feel like it's not taboo. Right. I can ask him about, you know, this. Like, when, when you when you are putting it out there, I'm able to accept it and be like, okay, let's talk about this. Now I can get where you're coming from. It, and it kind of opens doors. And I don't have to be worried about it. Yeah, yeah it, totally. It, it opens
0: doors because, you know, you able-bodied Andrea doesn't know what it feels like and you want to ask you want to be helpful and so I always feel like if I'm sarcastic or I joke about something it opens that door to know that the communication I'm like yeah bring it you know let's talk right and um I love honest communication I mean talking about how you're really doing is is what I enjoy so that does help me for people who don't like to talk I mean Mm -hmm. it's uh it's it's really hard but I do think it helps So,
1: well, would you try to work with people that, I mean, have you ever met someone living with MS who's kind of in denial about their disease? Oh, yeah. I mean, how would you approach them? Like, how would you try to convince them or should you convince them? Can they live a happy life being in denial about the disease?
0: Um, I, what I always do is I, obviously I have experience. Mm -hmm. And so I always give examples of what I've done. Like I just I brought up the example earlier about getting a check from the MS Society that was really hard for me to do, but it definitely helped. Um, I have now learned how to ask for help, and um, so for me, I, I give examples of what it was like before and what it was like after. So before I knew how to ask for help, my life was tougher. I mean, there there's so many times that I couldn't ask for help that i didn't do something with my family because i tried to overdo it um one thing is is my work life i could never say no to work and uh-huh. by me giving all my energy to work it took energy away from my family it right. didn't take where are your it, priorities right yeah. it didn't give me the energy i needed and i really hurt by that you know that hurt my disease and so, um, I had to learn that. So, I mean, that's a definite before and after. Um, before right. I knew how to ask for help, I was giving my energy to all the wrong places. After I was learning, and it wasn't a quick process, I'm really slow at right. this. Ask my wife. Um, afterwards, I was able to use my energy in better, better ways.
1: Okay. If someone needed to take baby steps to ask for help, what is something they can ask for that just is a little nudge to get them into the, Get comfortable for asking for help? Like, what's something they could...
0: Oh, geez. Um, ask
1: to get the door for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess what somebody needs to do is is take a look at what are they having a hard time with? <laughs> you know, um, what is going on in their life that is making it really difficult? And what are the avenues they could go to that would make it easier? You know, right. what what could they... Uh, and let's just say that is, um, they need an air conditioner. It's the air conditioner is 250 bucks that you could get one of those portable ones at Costco, but they don't have 250 bucks at that time, but they have a lot of pride. They don't want to go to the MS society and ask for that. Well, what would it be like if they had the air conditioner in their house? What would their life be like having the air conditioner
1: Compared to what it would be like to, without. Yeah.
0: So if you're going through the summer and you're struggling because the heat is so bad and it's zapping your energy, which makes your work day harder, which means that you're sleeping more than, you know, calling the AMS society and asking or talking about financial aid and you guys being able to help, then that makes your life better. So to me, that ask It used to be really hard, but now it's become a no-brainer because it's like, how is it going to make my life better? If it's going to make my life that much better, then that helps me with my disease. It helps me be with my family more because if I am in air conditioning, I have more energy to do the things that I want to do. Right. If I'm not in air conditioning, I'm zapped. I'm done. Right. And I can't do anything.
1: You know, that's interesting. Like, if if someone was scared to ask for financial aid, I mean, that's what we created the society for is to help. Right. Right. People should know, we don't have like a newsletter that has the names of everyone and how mm-hmm. much they received from us. Like mm-hmm. it's not like it's broadcast. I don't even know. Like that we have it's pretty confidential. One person's in charge of it. She takes care of it. The only thing I really know like is what I see in the thank you cards and even then like the names are, you know, kind of blurred out a little bit. Right. So it you could even ask for $250 for the air conditioning and the only person who knows is you and that one person who helped write the check for you.
0: Right. So at that point, the hurdle to overcome is pride, right? Right. Um, The hurdle to overcome is, you know, I don't really want to ask for help. I don't want MS to be an excuse. I don't want MS to control my life. I don't want whatever. I mean, I've gone through all of those. Again, it's like, what is it going to be? How is your life going to be better by jumping over that hurdle? you will benefit from that. You know, it's amazing what you find when you ask for help. It's amazing what you find from other people. It's amazing what you find in yourself. Um, You know, there are things that it is very hard to ask, but if you ask graciously and with gratitude, then the person giving something to you may really enjoy it. And it may turn into something more than you ever even thought because, you thought it was gonna be a pain for them to help, but they enjoyed it. You know, we've talked about that. So um
1: They don't have to it, graciously ask, they just fill out the form.
0: Well that too. <laughs> Even yeah. easier, well, you Yeah. Put
1: emotion aside.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a form. And and so yeah, it's amazing what you'll find when you ask for help.
1: So asking for help, um makes me think of a year ago we were at the Walk MS kickoff. Uh-huh. And we were sharing stories you know what's it like to live with ms why are we supporting walk and all that and you had um shared a story about your niece who's read the yeah. outsiders yep and if you haven't read the outsiders you know you should everyone should know about it yeah and <clears> there, <throat> the famous line from that was uh, you stay gold pony boy pony boy being a character's name and you had kind of questioned your, your you know the universe yourself of i don't feel like myself Mm-hmm. Because because of my MS symptoms, so how can I stay gold? Right. When I don't feel like myself, did you, it's been a year? Have you found an answer to that?
0: Yes, in ways. Helped
1: you to find.
0: Um, you know what? I am extremely introspective, and so I'm constantly looking at myself. I'm mm-hmm. constantly working on myself, and so what I love about that story uh, is that it really connected me with my niece Emery. Um, she's a freshman in high school now, and I love how Emory is Emory. That was so hard for me to do as a freshman. And I love how my daughters, Maddie and London, are Maddie and London. They have their roles. You know, they, they are knowing who they are. And my nephew, Trenton, is knowing who he is. And I noticed that. I, I think that is the power and strength of personality. And so when I wrote that a year ago... I had lost a lot of my power and strength because two years ago I had gone through a major exacerbation. Right. I had to stop working. I had to stop driving and I lost myself. I was in a deep abyss of what can I do? I had to ask everybody for something. You know, I, I, uh, started, I found a, a company called home watch caregivers that came and they drove me my workouts. You know, I couldn't right. drive to my workouts. Um, People had to make meals for me. If I wanted to fill up my water glass, I had to ask for help. I couldn't work anymore, you know. So I couldn't go in and go to my office and do what I do, you know. So, uh, And even the things that I was used to doing, if I tried them, it used to take me 15 minutes. It could take me two hours, you know. So I lost that power of self. And so when I wrote Stay Gold, it, it meant a lot to me because I was getting inspiration from... My kids from Emory, from my daughters from Trenton, and and that meant a lot to me. I have actually I've changed it a little bit for me. So I have a new motto for me this year that is just like stay gold, but it's stand tall. And that means a couple different things for me um, because when I walk behind my walker, I'm bent over. Okay. I'm I'm crouched, and I don't want to be crouched. I don't want to. Do we need to
1: make taller walkers?
0: You know, I have a tall walker, but I have to remind myself to to not be crouched. It's, it's a part of being behind a walker. And so I don't want to have that 90-year-old man crouched back look. And so I'm constantly reminding myself to stand tall. And that's a physical thing that I'm reminding myself. The other meaning is that when you stand tall, to me, it's like staying gold. You're standing up for yourself. You're standing right. up for what is important to you.
1: Proud of who you are. You're proud
0: of who you are. You have strength of character. You have strength of personality. You have strength of you're conviction. You're not
1: hiding anything, which right. sometimes when you haunt, you're trying to get out right. of the view of people.
0: Right. And and yeah, it's, it's both physical and emotional. Mm-hmm. And I've been standing tall more in the last month. I mean, I've been... Oh, that's great. My workouts are helping me. I have more nice. core strength. I'm paying attention. And so there'll be times where I'll be in a group and I'll just like kind of push my walker aside and I'll just stand there because I can. And then people are like, oh my God, Jim, you're standing up. It's like, it's like this amazing thing that I'm standing and, and it makes me feel good. And then, you know what I notice about that is that people are short,
1: you know, because you're tall, right?
0: but I'm, How I'm tall like, are you? I'm like six, three, you're
1: six, three. So my
0: whole life I'm used to looking down at people and, but sitting in my walker, because what I'll do is I'll, I'll use my walker and then it has a chair. So I'll sit down yeah. and I'm looking up at everybody. And so now when I stand tall, I get to actually... You can look
1: up to me anytime you want. Yes, on, thank you, Anne. Metaphorically speaking. Yes, yes.
0: Well, I like to stand tall so I can look down.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: so that gives me power. <laughs> it, it gives me power, and that's what I found about staying gold. And, um, you know, Emery is still in love with the Outsiders. Oh, gosh. And she is, you know, she's still staying gold, and, and my kids are staying gold, and and her brother's staying gold, and I love it because... Uh, We've given them an environment where they can stay gold, and that's important in life.
1: Do you think like staying gold also can uh, inhibit uh, not being afraid of who you are, no matter what you are? Like, absolutely. I have a big nose. I don't care. Right. Like, yeah. I have a whiny voice. I, that's who I am. Accept it.
0: Right. And, and I you have know,
1: a walker. Big deal. That's me. Get to know me. And
0: that's a really good point, actually, because everybody has something, and and you know. I used to think that oh man, their life looks so perfect and and they have it all put together. That's not true. I don't think right. anybody has it all put together. We're all human, right? We all have things. You know, and if we you all don't have... believe
1: that, you can read the astronaut wives, and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. Life Magazine makes them look perfect hair, right? It's eating space food, perfect kids. They all ended in divorce. Like, right? Th- thanks for the you know the facade, I guess. Right,
0: right. And and life is a facade in a lot of ways, and you gotta shine where you live. You gotta shine where you're at. Because I can't make it any different. I have spent a lot of time trying to live as an able-bodied person, trying to do something differently, or trying to think that the, in the future it's going to be better. It's going to be great, you know. And right. and what that does is I miss out on now. You know, my kids are are 14 and and almost 13, and if I don't pay attention now, they're gone. Right. You know. So um, just being present when you can be present and yeah, I have MS. Yeah. I can't go out and play soccer with my kids, which has always bothered me that I can't do those types of things. Um, but I can do stuff with them in the house. You know, um, sometimes I feel guilty that my kids watch a lot of TV and they're not out running and they're not out doing this and that. But what I also realize is that I enjoy TV. I enjoy movies. and.
1: There's ain't no shame to love Netflix. No. are here, here. I'm in yeah. the club.
0: There's no shame in the game. No shame in my game, which is what another podcaster said. Um, But, yeah, just it's, it's important to love where you're at. It's you know, very important.
1: that kind of brings up a pet peeve of mine. Uh, when people, you, you come back to work on a Monday and people are like, how was your weekend? Or, like, I was at a dentist on a Friday. They're like, what are your plans for the weekend? Right? right. And I was like... Yeah, nothing. And like, what, am I supposed to feel guilty for not doing anything? Right. I want to do nothing. Yeah. Like, don't get all up in me having high expectations. I want to watch TV. And you know what? I love
0: Netflix. And I love, right. you know, so that that's part of acceptance. You I'm know? doing
1: laundry. I had a great time doing it. Right, and
0: accept where you're at. And sometimes it's really hard because I call that uh, the don't should yourself. Because I should be outside. It's a beautiful day. I should be doing this. Um, because everybody thinks you should be doing that, and sometimes you can't. You know, I also think of it as a uh, the shopping aisle syndrome. When you walk down the shopping aisle, you always see the magazines that say ten best ways to do this, and you know, <laughs> lose your abs in fifteen minutes and that lies, kind of stuff. Lies, lies. Yeah.
1: They're just trying so, to sell magazines. Exactly.
0: So. It doesn't mean that's like shooting yourself. I should be losing my abs. I should have ten best ways of doing something, you know? No, we we are who we are. We're all human, and we're all we're all trying to make it through, you know?
1: Right. Uh, that, <laughs> that reminded me of something that I can't remember.
0: I am just so glad that I'm not the only one. See, to, to have the the tables turn like this is nice because. Whenever I'm trying to ask a question, I'll listen to what people are saying, and then I forget my question all the time. <laughs> yes. So I'm glad that you don't have MS and you're forgetting you, too. You
1: had you kinda of like asked if like there's anything I relate to symptoms wise with MS, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I know what it's like, but I mean uh the memory can come and go. Right. And I also have had my ears checked a couple of times because people will tell me something and I just don't hear it. it. Right. But my audiologist said, I'm not paying attention. So, is it a yeah. memory thing? Your isn't ears hearing work things? fine,
0: Andrea. I don't think it's your ears. <laughs> You're so, like, just
1: pay attention. <laughs>
0: so, that does bring up something interesting. Um, there are a lot of things that are can fall in the MS bucket, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of symptoms that are MS related. There are a lot of things that are just Jim. Just me. And I need to remember that there's times that... I am disorganized. I procrastinate, and it's not MS that always does that. I have always done that. I did that before MS. So. I'm
1: always fifteen minutes late. Did you notice today? Yeah, I, right on time with my fifteen minute late mantra.
0: Exactly. See, hey yeah. Jim,
1: I'll be there in five minutes.
0: Right, and you got to love yourself for that.
1: Uh, I like it. I don't think other people. I don't think other people who are relying on me appreciate it.
0: Right, but it is. You know, that's why I'm saying. there. There are things that I need to accept about Jim. And right. just know that that's a part of me. And that's a, that's a part of, about loving yourself, which is, is important.
1: I think loving yourself is huge when, especially when you, I think you say it at the end of all your podcasts, is like, you know, you can't change your symptoms, but you can change how you're going to react to it. Right. And if you can, choice. you have in control to love yourself. You have in your power to accept yourself. You have the power to let your family love you and care for you and yeah. This is yeah. a very uplifting podcast, right? I think this, this goes to anyone out there. Well, it does. It, and that's,
0: that's the same thing. I mean, all the podcasts, like we, I have a, a good friend out in Denver who is going through a divorce and she listened to a podcast. Um, I, I asked what she should, you know, if she has any tips for newly diagnosed people. And she said, yeah, you know, just step back. And try to look at your situation from a third-person perspective, and so my friend in Denver, who doesn't have MS, looked at her divorce in a third-person perspective. She said it changed everything. Oh, right. So this is this is life, and, you know. And as MSers, what we're going through is life. You know, mm-hmm. I there have been times where I have separated myself, thinking that oh, I have MS, I'm different. Yes, there are the symptoms separate me in a lot of ways, but there's also a lot of life going on here too. And, and I think it's important to choose to be a part of life instead of, and I've also had, you know, those, I can't times where, you know, and after my exacerbation, I couldn't, but I also got into a frame of mind that when somebody says, Hey, Jim, you want to do this? Sometimes the very first thing that pops in my mind is I can't do that, even though I can right now. And so that's an attitude. That's the power of choice. So,
1: you know, there's always a loophole, right?
0: Well, there is, there's so many ways to do things if you look for them. And that's, that's asking for help. I have a lot of friends who help me out tremendously. So it's me making the choice to, yeah, it's going to be hard. You know, it's not easy. Sometimes it's not easy for me to get up behind my walker and, you know, walk a hundred feet. But, if I can walk that 100 feet and I can sit down, then I get to have dinner with my family out at a restaurant and I can have fun. So right. that's the power of choice. Power of choice is huge for sure. Power
1: of people. Power, power of, of people, choice. Power of choice. Power of baby giraffes.
0: Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if they have power, but we'll, we'll give them some. When they go up to giraffes, <laughs> okay, they have power.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Superhero giraffes. Yes. yes it keeps absolutely. changing. Totally. Well, Jim, you, I think, are between the, I don't know how long we've been talking we've been talking about a lot of positive things. We both have these great looks on life, but like, I, f- I feel like you're this little like Buddha with all these answers, right? Like all these like suggestions, but where are you getting your information? Are you are not your information? Where are you getting your inspiration? Who is it? Like, what is it? Like, what's the one who's sh- my, sharing the light with you? Where that does you're my sharing? inspiration come from? Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, that's, that's always good. Uh, there's always been one person that has always inspired me and that's my uncle Stan. And he has always inspired me because he really stepped up when I was going through a hard time as a teenager and in college. And, and I really think of him as my dad now. Um, so when it comes to standing tall, I always think of my uncle and think of all the things he did for me and how he went out of his way to help me. Um, and I kind of measure myself up against that sometimes hoping that I am standing tall for others like he did for me, because he really made a big difference when I was in a serious need of that. So he always inspires me. And, um, I gotta say the other inspiration I get is can be kind of random in, in ways and meaning that some days I'll get it from Facebook and, you know, um, I think about, uh, Claire Sarnowski, who she's adorable, is adorable. She's what nine years old? I
1: think she's about ten. She's
0: ten years old. She's going to listen and, to this
1: and get mad at me. Like I'm eleven. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah.
0: Sorry, Claire. Sorry, but, Claire. You're uh, growing so
1: fast. You're so cute.
0: Uh, she's amazing, and her mom has MS. Mm-hmm. And I will watch Claire and see her on Facebook. And she's ten years old, eleven, and yeah. um, she's out doing things. I mean, she's out meeting with people. She's out setting this up. She's out.
1: She's also uh, raised over a thousand dollars. By the time she hears this, it'll probably be (laughs) too.
0: I mean, it's amazing that she inspires me. And I like reading, you know, I like reading her Facebook posts or her mom's Facebook posts as Mm -hmm. she's um, letting the world know what Claire's doing.
1: Because they're also doing a huge awareness out of it too. Right. This isn't about me. This is about everyone living with MS. Yeah. They're on a mission.
0: They are. And, and, you know... um, I find inspiration with that. I I like finding inspiration in in stories about people next door.
1: So Claire's big thing is walk MS, Mm -hmm. which is how I know her so well because I'm the walk MS manager. Mind blown. (laughs) Right. Uh, So walk to me is very important. It's important to Claire. That's how we got to know each other. Right. And Jim million dollar question for you. Walk MS is the same weekend as your beautiful daughter's birthday super important and even more exciting is your wife is in those running for a prestigious award and i think it's prestigious well
0: she's up for the small business person of the year right in washington state Uh, that's not even
1: employee of the month in your own job this is like in the state state. yeah uh
0: from the small business association and so It it is a big deal, and thank God my wife is so good at this because, um, you know, when I went down, I had to step away from work, and she has stepped up as a CEO, and now she's up for this. So, our business is rolling thanks to her. Uh, but yes, that weekend is super busy. So as the walk manager, I'm a little upset that you put the walk <laughs> on that weekend. Just kidding. Um,
1: <laughs> to so, be fair, I called you and yes, I said, what did. are some good days? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what are some bad days? Right.
0: And I don't think I picked that weekend.
1: I don't think you did. Sorry. But you got outvoted. Whatever. It, it, you
0: know, um, the fact is that things, things go on and, and the walk is something that I don't miss now. I mean it is it is a, you don't miss
1: it like you don't miss it because you're not there like no. oh I never miss that person or you don't miss I do, attending. I do
0: not miss attending the walk I, okay. I go to the walk every year it's it's on the calendar it's fixed in the calendar and, and it's a tradition for us so so
1: why what why the tradition why walk out of everything
0: um it became well, I want to step back a bit because...
1: Step it back. What was your first walk like?
0: The first walk um, was in Colorado uh, and I was, let's see, I had been diagnosed for you know, a good five years or something, but I was still in that denial phase of okay. I don't want to be seen as a guy with MS and I was nervous to go to the walk because I didn't want to be around people in wheelchairs because I didn't want to think of myself as handicapped right. and... It, it made me really nervous to go to my first walk. Um, when I got, when I went, uh, it was tough um, because just wrapping my mind around everything. Um, but I did learn that support is there and that, you know, my, I had family there. I had friends show up that I didn't expect to show up. And so, it was a little bit of that rock star status, even though you don't want to be a rock star. You are for... a
1: VIP, my right, friend. Right, right.
0: Yeah, he so you... threw
1: this party for you. I know, and you guys are good at that.
0: <laughs> you know, you cross the finish lines her. It's like, good job. Yeah. So, you know, that first one is tough. And I, I totally understand how people say, you know, they don't want to go to the walk. I get that. Um, I think there's a lot more to it than people might know, because once you go, then you'll start realizing the support that is around you. And another thing is when you go, you'll start noticing there's a lot of people like you. There's a lot of people with MS that were young, you know, when I went, there's a lot of people that are handsome with MS. I know I was the best looking guy there, of course, at least in my own mind. And, uh, (laughs) see, I, I use that anywhere. Um, but there's a lot of support there. And that's what I got out of my first walk is that, uh, there's a lot of people like me that have MS and um, that kind of took my nerves away. Then we moved to, from Denver to Vancouver, Washington. Mm-hmm. And our first walk here, I think it was all family. I think there was like eight people plus my family, uh, maybe still 10. a
1: pretty good sized team. Yeah.
0: And you know, we were there and that was about kind of owning who I am owning my MS Um you know, it was a big deal for us to move from Colorado to the Pacific Northwest. Um, I left everything I known. I had known right. to start this new business because my MS was too much. I I couldn't work full time like I was. So that to me was I was owning my MS by going to the walk. Um, I had gone into the MS Society. I had met Renee, like I mentioned earlier, and right. had a very warm feeling. And so. I went uh, knowing Renee, knowing um, a couple people there, and I got more connections. And I felt, felt good about it. And I've gone every year since then. And our team has grown. Last year. Um, yeah, tell me one, about last year. Oh, last year. How big was, was your team? Last year, we had over 70 people. That's on our a team.
1: big team. Yeah.
0: So that, last year was our biggest year.
1: But listeners, don't be upset if you don't have seventy people on yeah. your team. You're still welcome.
0: Yeah, and it, it doesn't take that to enjoy it. Um, right now, I mean, every year I get out of it, um, I get filled up. I I meet somebody that I didn't know. Um, I get to see people who I haven't seen. Um, right. It's a social event for me now, and as us extroverts know, being social is good. So um, the Walker walk mass
1: is the best day of my year.
0: Yeah. I mean for I get to see all my friends. Yeah, it, it's a social event for me. And then, you know, um, since we have people that fly out, we have a party at our house afterwards. And it, it's just a good social. I get a lot of camaraderie out of it. A lot of right. fulfillment for me. So it's
1: I find very it interesting that you have 70 people who show up just for you. What do you think is that driving force behind all of those people? I don't know. Dare, dare you say and it, It's you? Like, is that... I mean... People actually care about you? Like,
0: what? I know. Mind-blowing. It does blow my mind. It, it yeah. really does. And there's, there's a point that I was kind of feeling a little bit guilty, like, oh, my God, everybody's here for me. But it wraps into why I walk. And why I walk is the, the overall reason is I, I want a cure. You know, and oh my gosh! I, I
1: want to cure so bad.
0: Oh my god i i would love I would love to walk.
1: I'm retiring early. Let's find this freaking cure. Yes,
0: I would love to walk and not think about every step I take. Right. I would love to wake up in the morning and put my feet on the ground and think about what I'm doing next or what my plan is for that day, not about. That's exhausting up. me already. Yeah, I mean, I my every time I put my feet on the ground, what I think is okay. How am I feeling? What am I doing today? And can I stand up? Do I need to lay back down? Right. You know, I really would just want to just want to walk on the beach with my kids and right. and look for seashells and and not think about every step I take. You
1: don't have to put it in a day planner of right. how many steps you take, right? right. And right. wonder where the
0: bathroom is. Right. Everywhere I go, I'm wondering where the bathroom is. So yeah, I mean, when I look at having seventy people on the team, um, I know that we are supporting the cause. And looking for the cure. And I also am taking a lot of gratitude in the fact that I know that I know now that the EMS Society helps a lot of people in my neighborhood. They help people right next to me. There okay. are, because I, I don't, for a long time, I didn't like thinking about raising money that's just going to a pharmaceutical company because I feel like it gets lost. Right. And I feel like uh, I, I, didn't know where it was going, and now I know that a lot of the money that is raised is going to the local chapter, yep. and the local chapter has a lot of things that you guys do that helps helps my friends in my MS group, and helps the people uh, next to me. So that that helps me a lot too.
1: The interesting thing is when you look at the pie chart about where the money goes. Like we are only spending fifteen cents on every dollar raised. That means like oh my gosh, it's eighty-five cents. It's going to the right places meaning research and services and when you look at that pie chart being so such a big piece of the pie services trumps research and you're probably thinking no it should be the opposite so we can find a cure but you need to like hopefully people don't forget that you're living with this disease for for you know until we do find a cure which and it is expensive there's changes and so uh knowing that so much of that money is going to the people uh like for instance uh, one of our uh vancouver walkers she she's asking for donations and she straight up told them like you donated to me last year and guess what happened last year i needed 450 for a knee brace so my knee doesn't overextend so wow. i can keep walking so th- this is where your money went like help someone else get a knee brace and so like she that's why she's raising money and I mean, my sole purpose is to raise as much money as possible so we can spend as much money as possible when yeah. we're spending it on you.
0: And that that helps me because asking for money is hard. You know, and everybody gets hit up. You know, everybody's getting emails about all these different ways, you know, you're somebody's always asking for 20 bucks out of your pocket, right. you know. So so why why should people give to me?
1: But you don't know. you feel people should have the option to choose you? Right.
0: And they do have the option, um,
1: and they take you up on the offer.
0: They do, and and it blows me away. It it always blows me away. I'm very very thankful. But for me, I know that I'm not a good hard sell. I'm not saying you know, one out of ten people has MS in the country. I will that's...
1: unfriend you if you do not donate. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, It's I mean, not like that. To
0: me, it's like for me, I want I want you to know that it it helps. You know, I want you to know what my life is like and how what you're joining. Is going to help, and that's why knowing that the money is going to personal things helps. And then I always I do a soft ask. It's like you know, if you can, please do. And people take me up on that.
1: It's like what Nora said. Like, don't deny people this opportunity to be nice. And like, they have control to say no, but you just but you don't know they're going to say no until you ask. Like,
0: so we're all looking for the cure.
1: We're all so even with the walk being so positive, you and I are like super pumped about it. As the walk manager, I've heard it's depressing and they come to the event excited, but then they end up depressed about it. Yeah. Can you like relate or can you yeah. identify why someone would say that? And if so, what should they be? Should people be nervous about coming to walk?
0: First of all, yes, I can completely relate because, um, like I, I already mentioned, the first time I went to the walk, I was totally nervous to go because I didn't want to face what my future could look like. I didn't want to face the fact that maybe I'll be in a wheelchair someday. It can be emotional and it can be um, scary and it can be depressing. I understand the nervousness. I also think that it's worth the risk to go to walk MS or bike MS or an MS event or go volunteer, volunteer, go to the MS society and check in. I think it's worth the risk to ask for help. Because the reward is worth it. And the reward is maybe you meet somebody. Maybe you get a chance to talk to somebody that has the same symptoms as you. And it's amazing you'll find, at least I find, but then again, I'm an extrovert, so I talk openly. (laughs) And um, I find that people, of course, at the walk, everybody is there for EMS. But if you want to talk to somebody, there's a, a, a conversation waiting. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always somebody who's willing to talk. That's a great reward when you go. Uh, If you are newly diagnosed and you have a lot of questions, then this is a great place to go and say, oh my God, there's a lot of other people out there just like me, young or old or with kids or whatever. There's other people out there like you that are dealing with the same things. And all that crazy stuff that goes on in your mind, which is um, Dana in your office mm-hmm. gave me a good term the other day. Um, a friend of hers said, uh, "All that crazy stuff that goes on in your mind is handicrap."
1: <laughs> so,
0: if you're having a bad day, you could be handicrapped, you know. <laughs> and so, all that negative stuff that goes on in your brain, in your mind, that self-talk, you could go to a walk and learn that that is handicraft, that that's not really yeah. true, that um, things are different in the in the world than what you perceive. And that can change your perception of what your future holds. You know, Perfect. Nora, who we, uh, love. we love, and and uh, she got diagnosed last year, right before.
1: She had a very interesting diagnosis. Very story. tough
0: diagnosis, but she got diagnosed right before. Bike. Bike, last year. And, um, so she had just gotten out of the hospital and she was in a wheelchair and her sister, Shannon, who was an amazing support of hers, drug her to the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nora went thinking, you know, I just got out. I'm hating this. And that sucks. Why would MS I go to an sucks. event for I that I don't want to fix this. I've just been in the She was in the hospital for six weeks after she, diagnosis. So, but she went and, and she talked to people and Talk to other people that would say oh you know hey how you doing i was in a wheelchair can you do a wheelie you know and and just completely changed her mindset her perspective of what this is and it gave her hope of okay that guy wasn't a wheelchair but he's walking now and what i thought was going to happen from here on out maybe that's not true there are other people there are other ways of dealing with it so i also thought that was really cool you know that that uh, how much that changed your perspective, right?
1: So it's basically two sides sides of the sword, right? There's the part where it is makes you nervous. It is depressing because you're thinking, I just got diagnosed, and that person's in a wheelchair. I'm not in a wheelchair, but oh my gosh, what if that's me? But right. then there's also the other side, the the positive side, where you're like, I am shoulder to shoulder with a complete stranger who right. gets me, right? And I don't even know need to know this person's name. But I know they know what I'm going through. Right. And that's what I feel like. You get this buzz, this energy of, again, my stranger friends forever. Right. I make SFFs. And I'm like, this is so cool because you get it. You get it. You get it. You're here to support someone you love. Like, that could be, you know, me.
0: And you know what? I venture to bet. I don't know this for sure. But there's a lot of nervous people there. And Probably. so you get that nervousness and and... If everybody's, you know, able to turn around and talk to somebody, then that helps dissolve nervousness for everybody. So
1: well, it can it, also be rewarding if you set the goal to do so many miles. Like, and you don't have to do the whole walk. Right, right. If you want to go down the block and turn around, like, that's, that's your victory as long as you set your own goals. Right. Maybe, maybe that can also make it a and, positive.
0: You know, whether you just go and you soak up the energy, then it can be a rewarding day. I've heard people that were nervous actually challenge themselves. It's like, okay, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna talk to two people. And they kind of set that goal and they talk to two people. They're like, okay, that was easy. And they end up talking to five. Or, you know, I- they learn something that they didn't know. And it's like when you open up your mind. To possibilities then right. who knows what you can walk away with get it walk away from the. Walk.
1: i would say if someone is nervous and they want to talk to two people i would say call me and like if i get to know you then i can find someone who would fit your personality and totally. fit your the symptoms you're dealing with the things you're going through and i will make that introduction and i would
0: now let me i just want to clarify you. that we are in Portland, Oregon, and you're with the Portland chapter, this could go worldwide. And so, you know, yeah. So, you can't always call Andrea, but there is an Andrea of sorts in every city in the MS chapter. So, there is somebody you can call to get some help or or try to get connections, you know. So, yeah, I I totally agree with that. Totally agree.
1: Because I want you to be happy and I can't talk to you every day. I want you to talk to someone who gets you. And,
0: right, right.
1: And I think that's rewarding when I can match.com no wait just (laughs) yeah
0: yeah it's yeah making connections is huge and uh i also need to say that we have been talking now for a long time (laughs) so i think i need to wrap this up here well good that was
1: my questions for you
0: (laughs) well good and you know actually it was kind of fun having the tables turned and have somebody else ask me questions because this is now
1: my podcast thank you all you listeners
0: Okay, that I don't know if that was a podcast voice. That, or that was just my jazz creepy. voice, my smooth, yeah, jazz. yeah. yeah <laughs> that was kind of creepy a little bit. But...
1: Maybe my man voice? Question mark.
0: Sultry? Were you trying to be sultry?
1: Well, I'm already congested, so I yeah. thought, uh, hey, why not? It worked. Yeah,
0: it worked. And Andrea, thank you so much for coming to talk to me. And um, I learned, you know, I learned stuff, so I appreciate it. And uh, well,
1: now I learned stuff as someone who doesn't get the same experience as you, and now I'm better for it.
0: Right, so we're learning. So,
1: And then everyone's going to hear this, and they're going to be like, what? what? Mind blown.
0: I had no idea.
1: I totally relate. Yeah. Now I
0: know how I'm really doing. Thank Why you, Why are Andrea. we talking in
1: such high voices? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Thanks for coming.
1: It's a pleasure.
0: For sure, the loudest end to any podcast or even most conversations I have ever had But it puts an exclamation point on who Andrea is, a powerful, caring, energetic, passionate person, willing and wanting to share with the people around her. I love it. She is someone I am thankful and honored to know, someone I look forward to seeing every time there is an MS event, and someone who I am very, very happy to have on my personal MS healing team. You know, If you have an Andrea in your life, then you know what I mean, right? Having someone who listens and cares about you, what you're going through and what you need is critical in your care. If you need someone in your life like that, then I really do suggest reaching out to the MS Society in your area so you too can feel the power of positivity. You know, I love talking with people because I learn new perspectives, get different ideas on how to deal with what's in front of me. You know, Like something that I learned from another person from the MS Society called handy crap. All that stuff that rumbles around in my brain that messes me up and keeps me from moving forward in my life. You know, I've always had it, but now I have a name for it handicraft. See all the great things you can learn from others? All the important things you can learn. Well, I learn a lot from the people I talk to. Some of it I can actually remember. I have to make lots of lists, usually. Uh, you know, and some of it I have actually fit into my healing recipe, and it really makes a difference in my daily life. I'm Jim Fairchild, and I hope you are able to stay away from the handy crap and instead have a lot of laughter in your days, find some positivity where you can, and remember that you are not alone in this MS journey. Thanks for listening and thinking about how you really do it.